Welcome back to another episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. I am Troy, your host. The Slasher Sanitarium podcast is brought to you by the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit questendnetwork.com for information on all the podcasts available under the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit the website questendnetwork.com, newly redesigned for articles and streaming videos about wrestling, horror, gaming, and more. And now, a quick word from one of the great Questionable Endeavor podcasts. Sup, bitches? We're Pwn Stars, a video game podcast about developers, one host obsession with Genji's butt, and other random shit. Also, we give you gaming news that you probably already knew the fuck about. Who likes Genji's butt? Who knows? Just ask us. So join us every week for your dose of random gaming. So random, half the time, we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Josh, got anything to add? I don't do good with the short stuff, only the long stuff. That's what she said. Giggity. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and always on the Questionable Never Network. Yeah, boy, check that shit out. All right, let's get into it. Uh, email the show at the slash sanitarium at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at slasher podcast or like our Facebook page. Visit patreon.com slash slasher podcast to support and keep the slasher sanitarium alive. And if you wish to sponsor the Slasher Sanitarium, head on over to advertisecast.com slash 824 or go to advertisecast.com and search for the Slasher Sanitarium or a couple of our other Quest Network shows I know for sure are on there. Now, let's get into this shit. Back in 2009, we got a small taste of what horror television could become yet again. Horror television, you know, back in the day, we had great things such as uh, the Outer Limits, and The Twilight Zone, which were science fiction, but also had horror elements. And nowadays, you know, we've had a couple of different horror television shows, some of which I have covered on here already, some other ones that I might do in the future. But in 2009, CBS decided to have a 13-episode, one-season story, where each episode promised at least one main character would get killed off with a big mystery of who the fuck was killing all of these people. It was called Harper's Island. Now, we're going to cover this underrated gem with all the sincerity I can muster. The show was also unique, and only two of the actors actually knew when they were going to die, and uh, if they were going to die as well. Richard Berge and Harry Hamlin. Harry was only contracted for one episode, so that pretty much tells you who's going to die in this one, I guess. Uh, So each week, the actors of the series got to learn their fate, and if they were going to draw another paycheck... So yes, they would they would show up, get the get the 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 script, quickly flip through it, and be like, "Am I on the last page? Did I make it through? Perfect. All right." So we start with a title card for Harper's Island saying it is thirty-seven miles off the coast of Seattle. What? They do realize that Seattle is not like right on the edge of the ocean, right? There's a bay next to it that eventually connects to the ocean. But there are, like, closer towns and stuff like that to the Pacific Ocean, if that's what they're trying to insinuate here, that this island is in the Pacific Ocean. Because 37 miles off the coast puts you in Elliott Bay. So apparently Harper's Island is actually located in Elliott Bay, not in the Pacific Ocean. Whatever, let's keep going. We get a text exposition that says, 70 years ago, six people were killed by John Wakefield. We then see some bodies hanging from a tree. Yeah, I cover a lot of shit that has people hanging from trees. More texts read, these were the first murders in the history of the island. Fucking really. Was the island uninhabited about until about like eight years ago? Maybe in your whitewashed history books there was never been murders here, but I guarantee you someone killed someone 
at some time on this fucking island. They will not be the last. Well, that's good, because otherwise this would be a boring fucking show. A pool party is shown, and I instantly want everyone to die. A little girl, Madison, opens up a small box to reveal a severed finger, which is just a, a little gag thing. All right, terrible pilot dialogue tells us Madison's mother is the sister of the bride. Dreadlock friend and tubby mutton chops bring a cooler over to hot blonde guy. Henry makes his first appearance. Now, Henry is played by Christopher Gorham. You may know him from such direct-to-video Justice League cartoon movies as Justice League vs. Teen Titans, Justice League Throne of Atlantis, and Justice League War, where he plays the Flash. Or voices the Flash, for that matter. Henry eyeballs his future wife Trish Wellington, who is a spoiled rich bitch. She is played by modern scream queen Katie Cassidy, who was in When a Stranger Calls from Inside the House, Black Christmas, The Nightmare on, on Elm Street, CGI Face, and as Black Canary on the, on the show Arrow. Not the most famous person on the show, but close, close. We cut to a fishing hook with some gunk on it, and we get a one-eyed cab driver for whatever reason. We got our introduction to Abby Mills. She is our main character. She is played by Eileen, Elaine, Elaine Cassidy, no relation, who is best known for playing Abby Mills on Harper's Island. Well, shit. That's not a great way to start off your Wikipedia page. One-Eyed Black tells us it's a, sh a shame what happened to all those people who died. So apparently he knows of the people who died, but doesn't recognize the daughter of the sheriff and the daughter of somebody whose mother died in the killings. Cut to the party again, and Richard Berge is of course the dude from Desperate Housewives, which was huge at this time, and the reason why he's, uh, he knows exactly how long he's going to be on the show. He plays real estate mogul and rich-as-shit man Thomas Wellington. He is the father of the bride. A mariachi band starts up as Henry Hamlin is dancing. He is Uncle Marty. Thomas does not appreciate his antics, so we've got Marty, who is the uncle to Henry, and Thomas, who's the father to Trish. So these two are about to become brother-in-laws. Another character is a scene. I think it's Cam, sure. Uh, Abby makes it into the boat. Trish and Abby apparently are friends, as they greet each other. Blonde guy tries to hand her a drink, but she blows him off for a beer. And then blonde guy grabs her ass as he lifts her up in the air. Harry Hamlin is shown sticking a gun in the back of his pants. Trish says they are still waiting on Cousin Ben. Someone decides to drop a beer into the ocean, or Elliot Bay for this matter, because they are a dick. It floats down and we see that Cousin Ben is tied to the propeller of the boat. How did he get there? Cousin Ben has a cool flip phone attached to his belt. Trish seals his fate by telling the captain to get going. The propeller starts up and Ben is given a lovely haircut. Blood sprays out the back of the boat and we have our first kill. Take a shot. Fun note, Ben is played by career stuntman Clint Carlinton, who will show up again later in the series as a completely different person named Randall Martin. Also, I forgot that each episode was named for a sound effect that they used during the death of somebody. This episode is entitled WHAP. Back from commercial and we get the boat out of bay. Oh, Hilary Duff guest stars in The Ghost Whisperer next. Good to know. Abby is having a conversation with Henry. Oh god, this dialogue is terrible. Henry says it's been seven years since the, the murders, and he has moved on. You know, 
Get over your mother getting slaughtered, you dumb bitch. Black friend... Jesus, I gotta find names here. Alright, what do we got here? Uh, Black friend is Danny Brooks, who was played by Brandon J. McLaren. McLaren was a Power Ranger and was in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Fat friend is Malcolm Ross, played by Chris Gauthier. Gauthier? Gauthier? I don't give a fuck. Who is from Eureka and Smallville, I guess. Hot friend, who is the best man, is Sully, who is played by Matt Barr. Despite being dreamy, he hasn't done much of anything in his career. Trish is getting a call from Hunter Jennings, which is a damn decent name. But she says she doesn't want to talk to him. Cut to Chloe Carter, played by Cameron Richardson, who is a model, as if you couldn't guess by the fact that she's 78 pounds, and was in pretty much garbage movie after garbage movie after this. One of the bridesmaids says that Chloe has a thing for serial killers. Yo, hit me up, girl. So do I. Chloe says that Abby's mother was chopped up by Wakefield. Thanks, exposition. They are then spooked by a seagull. The boat finally arrives at Harper's Island. See what I tell you, like 15 minutes and you're there. Everyone departs and there is a dude chopping fish heads. Oh, he got a little screen time, so that must mean he's important. Fishfucker talks to Abby. He says his name is Jimmy. Or she says his name is Jimmy, I should say. He doesn't say his name is Jimmy. That would be weird because they know each other. Jimmy Mance is played by C.J. Thomason, who hasn't acted since 2013. So I guess he's dead. Jimmy said he is married now, but he's lying. Abby refuses to get on the golf carts and says she will walk, which this appears to be a, like, two-mile hike. But I guess she wanted to visit the site where her mother got murdered, death killed. She comes to the tree and has a vision of her mother hanging there with a few other people. She gets jump-scared by Henry, who says, Wakefield's dead. Get over it, bitch. Someone is watching from the woods. I wonder who that could be. Back from commercial, and Henry and Abby have arrived at the house. Some woman, who I guess is Henry's mother, says that Abby grew up so beautiful. Well, we just saw Abby. We just saw what she looked like seven years ago, and she looks exactly the same other than she did her hair a little bit different. You know, because it's only seven years ago, it's not 15 years ago. Plus, she was like 20 when this happened. Well, she's like 16, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't, I mean, I mean, you can change a lot in seven years, but typically it takes, like, somebody stabbing you in the face a couple times for you to really get ugly. We get Cal, our British friend, who is with Chloe. Cal is played by Adam Campbell, who is actually British. I thought for a second there that I was going to click on his name and be like, Adam Campbell from Ohio. Uh, he is from those terrible date movie and epic movie shitfests that came out a few years ago. Oh, jeez. I think like 10 years ago at this point. I'm really fucking old. Uh, now he's probably most famous for knocking up Jama Mays, though. Cal is taking Chloe sailing. Cal is a doctor. He's also rich. I'm glad everyone is rich so I can root for them to die. A dude is talking to Jimmy. I believe this is Shane. The dude asks if Henry's psycho brother is coming. More exposition. Jimmy hops into the water to see if something is caught in the rudder of the boat that brought the, the whiting party over. Jimmy grabs a line on the prop and we see that Ben's head is underwater. Uh, but Jimmy doesn't grab the head out of there. He just grabs a rope. And so nobody knows that Ben is under there. Cut to Uncle Marty, and he is telling Henry how lucky it is he is to beg a rich girl, which are great moral lessons to teach people. Cal slips out of the bathtub, and I legit thought he was a chick at first, but then I realize it's him. Chloe walks into the bathroom in her underwear because reasons. He says he has something to show her, and it's a ring. She makes a joke about, is it big? 
And he's like, it's relatively big. You're not talking about your dick. You're talking about a ring. Also, you were going to propose to her while you were in the bathtub? You fucking dork. That's not how you propose to somebody. Madison is shown trying to kill a snail with a magnifying glass. I feel myself getting closer and closer to Madison. Not in that creepy way, because she's a child. This show wants you to believe that even the little girl may be a killer. Henry knocks on the door of his psycho little brother, J.D. J.D. is played by Dean Chekvala, who is a nobody. J.D. is shown to have satanic tattoos on him, so he is totally the killer. I decided it's far better to pretend I never watched this show and don't know who the killer is, even though I watch this show and completely know who the killer is. We cut to Thomas making out with his daughter while she is in a shower. Sorry, not his daughter, his new wife, who looks exactly like his daughter. She is Catherine Wellington, played by Claudette Mink, who is a nothing actress. Thomas logs into his email to see someone emailed him. I will get her tonight. It was 2009, and I thought for a second that they weren't going to have Wi-Fi, because I don't remember when Wi-Fi became a thing. Um, But I guess they have that here? Cut to Trish in her underwear because reasons, as she gets a phone call. She jiggles her tits over to the phone to see that it is a call from someone playing classical music. They proceed to then hang up. We are now in a library, I guess? A study? A bunch of people are sitting around eating and drinking. Abby comes in wearing a tight, maroonish, purplish dress, and someone says hubba hubba because this takes place in 1980. Abby is drunk, and Trish is staring daggers at him because she thinks Henry has dropped a load into her. Trish gets a text from Hunter saying she looks great in blue and to meet him in the lobby. Now, this woman was just staring daggers at two people who are known best friends when she is just about to meet with a guy who she clearly fucked while still together with Henry. She is then greeted by Henry. Henry starts to make out with her, but she stops him saying she's getting married. He says, are you sure? I'm pretty sure you know if you're getting married or not, but then again, this woman hasn't exactly shown that she's the brightest chick ever, so maybe she really doesn't, and her reaction does kind of make it seem like, maybe I don't know. Uh, Hunter, who's like 10 years older than everyone in the cast, is a soap actor named Victor Webster. Trish seems to question if she is in fact getting married or not, as we cut to commercial. Back from commercial, and Henry is dancing with Trish. Marty and Chloe are dancing like the different song is on, the other bridesmaid, who I believe is Lucy Derrimore, says eating ain't cheating. So she's definitely getting her bunch of box munch today. Lucy is played by Sarah Smythe. I have nothing more to report on her. Lucy asks if Abby fucked Henry. Henry interrupts them before she can answer. He asks if anyone has seen JD. Trish and Shay are talking about going to Thomas about Hunter being there. That's a lot of different people's names in one sentence there. Trish and Shay... Trish, the bride, Shay, her sister, is talking about going to their shared father, Thomas, about Trish's uh, dude that she totally fucked, Hunter, being there. There, I think I got it straight for you guys. Looks like someone may have gobbled a little dick while dating another guy. Shay Allen is played by Gina Holden. Gina will show up on her next Final Destination movie, as well as Saw 3D if I ever get around to doing the Saw franchise. I already have an issue with Shay because... Catherine, Shay, and Trish all look very much alike, and Abby looks pretty close to them, and it's there's a lot of people in this show. It's already incredibly fucking hard to keep everyone one straight. Throw some fucking like highlights in somebody's hair or something like that, or give someone a facial scar so I at least can tell them apart. 
Marty stumbles upon Thomas talking to Hunter. Surprise! Thomas is trying to break off this marriage. Thomas is rich. Just hire someone to kill this fucker. Uh, Marty fucks right off. Abby goes to the cannery and gets spooked by a bird. You're on a fucking island. You don't think maybe seagulls are an issue? Or, for in this case, bagels? Abby enters the bar and an extra checks out her ass. Look at it. You'll see it. Abby meets with some random chick who shows off her tongue stud, and she talks like she just got it. Jimmy then challenges Abby to a game of pool. Cut to a package for Ben. I guess he never got his gift bag. Madison tears his name off and rips it up because, get it, he's dead. And I guess she's the killer. I'm just going to keep going with it. Marty wanders over and steals a cigar from Thomas. Marty is, of course, upset about his nephew getting fucked over by Thomas. And Marty somewhat threatens Thomas before we cut over to Jimmy, who's losing to Abby. Abby could use a few more reps on those noodle arms of hers. Jimmy and her make a wager over the game. She tries to hit on the ball, and, but then she scratches. So Jimmy gets to request a blowy. JD is checking out some chick at the jukebox, but not really. He was actually just staring up at a space, but she thought he was checking them out. But then as soon as he realizes it, he's like, nice titty tattoo there. Shane wanders over. Shane is the Neanderthal who was with Jimmy before. Shane says he used to date the chick and gave her her titty tat that JD was checking out. Shane then says, why don't you show him the other tattoos that you have? Now, remember, the keyword there is used to date this chick. So he just cock blocks everybody who tries to get his sloppy seconds. Shane brings up JD trying to kill himself, and JD attacks Shane, but Shane gets the upper hand. Abby attempts to murder Shane with a pool cue, but is stopped by Sheriff Mills, her dad. Sheriff Mills is the always amazing Jim Beaver. Now, I didn't even have to look at IMDb to tell you that Jim Beaver was in such great shows as Deadwood, Justified, Third Rock from the Sun, and that show my sister loves about the Ghostbusting Brothers, as well as many other shows. Sheriff Mills tries to talk to his daughter, but she shuts him down. You know, he did kill her mother after all. No, wait, no, no he didn't. So blaming him just seems cuntish. Henry apologizes to her for running into her dad. Chloe and Cal are on the beach. Chloe gives some fuck me eyes and gets naked, because again, reasons. Cal jizzes in his pants before he takes them off. Chloe runs off into the water as Cal yet again tries to ask her to marry him by saying, I want to show you something. This guy is fucking terrible at this. Chloe screams from the water. Cut over to Madison standing at the side of her mother's bed all creepy-like, I know the feeling, and says that people were killed on this island. She smiles and says her new friend told her. It wasn't me, I promise. Cal is drugged under the water by Chloe. He dunks her under an attempt to kill her as retribution. Smooth move, Dr. Dickbag. Chloe throws his pants into the water, and he apparently has lost the ring now. Chloe walks over a bridge, and we hear Trish scream like she's getting stabbed. Stabbed with a dick! She is fucking Henry. She says she was really loud. She's really self-conscious about it. He's just like, oh, you know, it's good. You know, but, well, you were screaming like you were scared of coming, so, yeah, I, you know, the shoe fits. She runs off to the bathroom as Henry, as a, a phone call comes in for her. So she went straight from fucking him to taking a shower, so that should tell you something about how she feels about you. Henry sees that Hunter is calling her. Marty walks across the bridge, but falls through it, because apparently he's fat. He is then stabbed, I guess. He grabs the gun that fell out of his hand and he tries to shoot his own dick off before the killer finishes the job and slices him clean in half. No surprise, Marty is dead 
and our second death of the episode and the series. Take a shot. Abby makes it back to her room and sees that someone has put a newspaper clipping of her mother's death on the mirror. We hear a door open, and we cut to black for the end of episode one. So, all in all, an interesting way to start the series. You know, pilots are always pilots. Pilot's gonna pilot. Um, you know, you've always get, you've got a, there was a, just a shit ton of exposition here. This was another one of those ones where it was 2009 and they were really, really trying to utilize, you know, an online presence. So you could go over to cbs.com slash Harper's and you could see all the profiles of all the people, but you know, the series was still presented in a way as in like, they know not everybody's going to actually read all those and know what's going on. So they have to dump a bunch of exposition. And when you've got a good 14 to 16 main characters who the majority of which are going to die every episode you really need to figure out how to make you care about people you know in a short amount of time considering that you're like well they're probably gonna die so um you know the literally the two kills in this episode were a guy that we met as he was dying and Harry Hamlin, who, like I said, you know, was only contracted for one episode, so kind of knew he was going. But uh, he was a good enough character, and, and he's a well-known actor enough that, you know, his, his, his death does carry a little bit of weight to it. So um, all in all, a, a decent start to it. Um, so far, the effects have been you know, pretty decent. They haven't really had to do too much, you know, just throwing some, some red water at the back. But, uh, um, you know, um, Marty's body... And kind of cut in half looked pretty decent so i was happy with it we'll see we'll, we'll see what the rest of the episodes bring though so with that we'll go ahead and close this one out i will be back again with final destination 3 and the second episode of harper's island as well as the fourth episode of watching with hindsight westworld now hopefully those will be coming out sometime this month but I am just about to have my second child, and when that happens, I will be on, on an immediate hiatus from the show for about a month to two months. I will hopefully be able to quickly whip up something to inform you of when I'm going to go on hiatus, but there's no guarantee depending on what happens and, and when my daughter comes. So uh, stay tuned for that and more. Um, I will also go ahead and share news on the Slasher Sanitarium Facebook as well as a Twitter page when that actually does happen. So keep checking back there. Like and subscribe us, like and subscribe to us, and we will see you soon.